You know, we're in a series entitled, We Are CFBC. And AJ began the series by preaching on Connect. Last week, I preached on Equip. And today, I'm preaching on the subject of Serve. Connect, Equip, Serve. The title of today's message is called to ministry. Do you realize that every single believer within the sound of my voice, and not even within the sound of my voice, every single believer on this planet has been called into ministry? Now, you may say, well, Pastor, I know that you've been called into ministry. You've been called to the preaching ministry. But I want you to understand that based upon Scripture, Every single believer is called by God to minister. That's right. The the living Lord expects each believer in this room to have a viable and victorious ministry. It's a command. It's not an option. This emphasis literally pulsates as one goes from Genesis to Revelation in the Scripture. For instance, in Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua said this at the end of his life. He said, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, listen, we will serve the Lord. Then 1 Samuel 12, 24, Samuel speaking to the children of Israel said, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. And then Psalm 100, verse 2, David wrote, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. There's been a lot of joyful singing this morning. Amen. I praise God for our worship ministry. Do you realize every person in that choir, every person in this orchestra, every person in the tech ministry have been called by God to that ministry? In Matthew 6, 24 in the New Testament, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Now, listen to what Jesus said. You cannot serve God and mammon. Or wealth. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, for they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. Now, all of these verses speak of serving God. In Mark 10 45, Jesus said this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, even the Lord made it perfectly clear that he had come to serve. He came to this earth to serve. The fact that he served God the Father and he served people made him the most interesting, inspiring, and influential person that has ever lived on the face of this planet. Get this now. Don't miss it. The Holy Spirit's ministry inside of you as a believer 
is to conform you to the image of Jesus, to make you more like Jesus. Well, if the Holy Spirit is in the process of making you more like Jesus as a believer, that means he's making you into one who will serve him and serve people because that's exactly what Jesus did. Every believer needs to understand this transformational truth. Jesus has called you into ministry. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, I want us to begin reading in verse 7 and read all the way to verse 11. Follow along with me. Peter wrote, The end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. And each, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's quite a passage of Scripture. Now understand this. That scripture says basically this, we're to pray diligently, we are to love fervently, and we are to serve obediently. So what does this say to us as members of the body of Christ here at Collierville First Baptist Church? Listen, I, I want to make this very clear. Christianity is not an armchair religion. It's not. Christianity is following Jesus and serving Jesus as long as we have a breath in our bodies. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, and that salvation ultimately leads to a life of service to Christ and service to others. With that thought in mind, I want us to take a deep dive into verses 10 and 11 of 1 Peter chapter 4. And I want you to see how the word of the Lord lays out this challenge that is before us today. Look at verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now this morning, I want to drop four words in your heart as we think about this call to ministry that each and every one of us has received from the living Lord. The first word is this, affirmation. Affirmation. The Bible says each one has received a special gift. You see, if you're a born-again believer, God has given you a spiritual gift, at least one spiritual gift. Every believer has a spiritual gift or gifts. Now, what is a spiritual gift? Well, a spiritual gift is any talent or ability which is empowered by the Holy Spirit and able to be used in the ministry of the church. 
Now, you may be blessed with more than one of these grace gifts. By the way, all of these spiritual gifts flow out of God's grace. None of us deserve spiritual gifts. We haven't earned the right to have a spiritual gift and to use a spiritual gift. But all of these gifts that we've been given in this church are there by the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-11, Paul wrote this. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Now understand this, that the spiritual gift that you have has been given to you by the Holy Spirit of God, and you didn't get to sign up for a, a, a list of preaching gifts or, or lift a, a, a list of serving gifts or whatever. You were given the gift you've been given by the Holy Spirit of God at the discretion of God. That makes it special. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6, the Bible says, Now there are varieties of gifts. You see, in a healthy New Testament church, there is a diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit has placed within the body of Christ. That's what makes the church healthy. That's what makes the church so effective for the kingdom of God. Now, there are varieties of gifts, Paul wrote, with the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects but the same God who works all things in all persons. You have a call to ministry on your life. And we see that in this first word, the word affirmation. Everybody has a gift or gifts. The second word is this, utilization, utilization. The Bible says, employ it in serving one another. Right there in verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 4. Employ it in serving one another. There are a lot of one another passages in the New Testament. And all of these passages point to how we are to minister to each other using the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given to us. Now these special grace gifts are not given to us so that we can congratulate ourselves or, or pat ourselves on the back or become prideful or boastful. No, God has given us these spiritual gifts so that we will serve others. We'll serve God and we will serve others. Now, Paul emphasized the same theme. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, Paul wrote, And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of what? For the work of what? Service. Well, could it be that this statement that we've made several times already is a truth straight from the heart of God? Could it be that every member of this body, every Christian has been called to ministry? Absolutely. That's what the scripture says over and over and over again. 
So Paul said, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, Ephesians 4.12, to the building up of the body of Christ. Can I tell you that a church will not be healthy if, if the members of that body are spectators rather than active participants in the ministry itself. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Think about it. If the Lord added you to this church, if it was his will for you to be a part of this church and gifted you so that this body will function according to his will and accomplish his purpose in expanding his kingdom throughout Carville our nation and the world, then what will happen if you choose to passively sit on the sidelines and not use the gift that God has given to you? I'll tell you what will happen. It will impact in a very negative way the ministry of this church. It will impact in a very negative way the kingdom of God. What a shame it will be if we have been given spiritual gifts, yet we refuse to use them in spirit-filled ministry within the framework of the local New Testament church. So Jesus has called you to ministry. And we see that in that, that, that first word, affirmation. You've been given a spiritual gift. We see it also in that second word, utilization. Employ your gift in serving others and serving the Lord. But there's a third word I want you to see, and it's the word obligation. Now, notice what Paul, what Peter wrote here in verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. Notice this as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, the word translated stewards could also be translated managers. It points to our responsibility and accountability in the ministry to which God has called us. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards, managers, stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. Can I ask you a question? How are you doing in the stewardship of the spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to you? Are you using them effectively? Are you actively participating in ministry? How are you doing in your management, your obligation to use your gifts for his glory? Titus chapter 1, verses 7 and 9 Paul wrote, for the overseer or pastor must be above reproach as God's steward. You see, there's that word again. As God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. 
I'm going to tell you what, as a pastor, this weighs heavy on my heart. You see, God called me to ministry. He gave me a gift to preach and teach. And I am a steward of that gift. And one day I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account for how I use the gifts he gave me. Did I take them seriously? Did I use them effectively? Did I develop them? Did I honor him in doing so? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15, Paul wrote, According to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another's building on it. But each man be must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. Now, notice, each man's work will become evident. In other words, how we use our spiritual gifts will become evident on the day of judgment where every believer stands before the Lord Jesus Christ and we give an account of our lives and our ministry, our stewardship of the manifold grace of God that he's given us in these spiritual gifts that he's, he has deposited in our hearts. The Bible says each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. And if any man's work which is built on it remains, he will receive a reward. Do you understand that if you use your spiritual gift faithfully and consistently, if you're an active participant, a co-laborer in the ministry of the church, do you realize that one day the Lord will give you a reward for your faithfulness? That's exactly what that teaches right there. Don't you long to hear Jesus say to you on that day, well done, good and faithful what? Servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, I'll make you ruler of many things. Well, I'll tell you, my friend, one day we're going we're gonna to be a part of the new heaven and the new earth. And let me tell you, when you're in the new heavens and new earth and you're with Jesus for all of eternity, you'll be so glad that you use your spiritual gift for the building up of the body of Christ and the extending of the kingdom of God locally, nationally, and globally. And you'll be rewarded. But unfortunately... Verse 15 says, if any, any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so it's through fire. So if you're a born-again believer and, and you do not use your spiritual gift, you sit on the sideline, you're a spectator, one day you'll stand before Jesus and your opportunity for reward will vanish. It will absolutely disappear. Now you'll be saved, but as through fire, but you'll go through eternity without the rewards you could have had as a born-again believer, actively serving Jesus by using your spiritual gifts. You see, we're accountable 
to the Lord Jesus for, for our spiritual gifts that he has entrusted to us. So develop your gifts. Manage them wisely and use them obediently. Praise the Lord for his powerful affirmation. You've been given a spiritual gift. Praise God for his challenge to faithful utilization. Employ your gift in serving others. Praise God for the reminder of respectful obligation that you are to manage your spiritual gift and use it for the glory of Jesus by serving others. And here's the fourth and final word, the word motivation. Pastor, is there, is there something in this that I'm missing? Is there a motivation for me to take the spiritual gifts that God has given me and use them in ministry in the local church? Well, look at 1 Peter 4, 11. Verse 11, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. <clears throat> so in this ver first part of verse 11, Peter divides spiritual gifts into two basic broad categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts. Now, the gifts of apostleship, prophecy, teaching, exhortation fall under the category of speaking gifts. But now listen to this. I want you to notice what he says here. He said, we are, if you have a speaking gift, you are to speak only the utterances of God. In other words, what he's saying is those who are entrusted with the ministry of speaking should be careful to preach and teach God's word, not their own opinions or the opinions of, of people scattered across the world. That's the job of anybody who has a teaching gift, a speaking gift. Speak God's word. Listen, I, I could stand before you and, and try to entertain you. No, I couldn't because I'm not an entertainer. I couldn't do that. Let, let me tell you, I'm doing the thing I do best, and that's take God's word and teach and preach God's word. That's what God's called me to do. He's not called me to give you my opinion. He's not called me to give a, a, a review of the, the latest, greatest book that's on Amazon's bestseller list. He's called me to take the Word of God, to study it, and to teach it and preach it. And if you have a speaking gift, if you're one of our, our, our Connect Group teachers, your job is to teach the Word of God. That's your job. Not try to impress people, not try to entertain people, but speak the Word of God. And, and then he mentions, whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Now, what are the serving gifts? Well, I'll give you a few of them. Gifts like giving, leading, mercy, helps. All of those fall under serving gifts. Now, this is not an exhaustive list that I've given you today. But they are gifts that you can serve the Lord with. Now, I want you to notice this little statement here in verse 11. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving. Notice this. You ought to underline this in your Bible. 
by the strength which God supplies. You, you see, whether you have a speaking gift or a serving gift, you don't use your gifts in your own power and your own strength. You depend upon the Holy Spirit of God to give you the power and the anointing to use your gift in the most effective way for the glory of Jesus and the advancement of the kingdom and the building up of the body of Christ. So what's our motivation for being an active participant in kingdom ministry through CFBC? Well, number one, we experience the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Number two, we have the privilege of glorifying the Lord. Look at the last part of verse 11. Verse 11 again. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things, look at this, so that in what kind of things? All things, look at this, in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, God, through Jesus Christ, receives glory when we use our spiritual gifts the way he intended for us to use our spiritual gifts. Is that not the main objective of being a believer, glorifying God? The Westminster Confession says we are to, to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's our greatest privilege. And when you use your spiritual gift in the way that he designed for you to use your spiritual gift, you are glorifying him. Now, I want to drop one final scripture in your heart this morning. I discovered this verse several years ago when I was reading through the Bible, and I highlighted it, I underlined it, I put two stars by it. Because it's so important. It's so powerful. It's John chapter 12, verse 26. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. You know what? You can't serve Jesus if you're not following him. You can't do it. If you're following your, 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 your desire for wealth, if you're charged, if you're, if you're following the chart that you have designed for career advancement, if, if you're following anything else, you will not be able to serve Jesus. You've got to follow Jesus to serve him. And notice this. He goes on to say, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Where's Jesus? He's at his throne in heaven, right? Seated, seated on his throne in heaven and that's where you'll be one day. If you serve him, you'll be with him one day. Look at the last part of that verse. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Wow. Mm. Now, let, let me just be quick to say this. Again, you can't serve Jesus if you refuse to follow him. There, there are people in the sound of my voice, I guarantee you, whether it's live stream or here in the room, and you're not a believer. You've refused 
to repent of your sin and receive Jesus by faith as your Savior and Lord. You've refused to follow him for one reason or another. And can I say this to you? You cannot serve Jesus without being saved. You can't do it. That's so clear in the Scripture. Write write these these verses down and read them when you get home. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. In in that section of Scripture, the Bible reveals to to us who God saves, how God saves, and why God saves. The Bible says in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, Four good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, he's got good works he wants to do through you and through your spiritual giftedness. Are you saved? Let me tell you, God's son loves you. Jesus died on a cross for your sins. He was raised from the dead so that you could be justified and have the gift of eternal life. But in order to be saved, you must repent of your sins and receive Jesus by faith as your personal Savior and Lord. Jesus said this. He said, if any man wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Let let me ask you, are you ready to be saved today? Are you ready to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord and to follow him for the rest of your life? In just a moment, I'm going to invite our staff down, and you can come to one of our staff members when we have a moment of response, a time of response, and you can tell them, today I want to be saved. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to stand before God one day knowing that I rejected Jesus and I refused to be who he called me to be. Come to Jesus today. Let him save you. Let him give you a spiritual gift so that you can serve him and serve others. So let me ask you another question. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? If you are, the fact is simple. Jesus has called you to ministry. Now, you can, you can cut that pie any way you want to do it. You can try to say, no, that's not me. I'm telling, I'm telling you, if you're a believer, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, he's called you to ministry. He didn't call you to sit, soak, and sour. He called you to ministry. We've considered four key words that highlight that subject today. The word affirmation, you've been given a spiritual gift. The word utilization, employ your gift. The word obligation, you are a steward of the gift that God's given you. Motivation, motivation, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You serve based upon the power of the Spirit of God who indwells you. So let me ask you, if you're a believer in this room, Are you actively using your spiritual gift in service to Christ and in service to his church? Are you? Listen, if you are, 
If you, I, I look out and I see a ton of believers who are actively using their gifts. And I just want to say as a pastor of this church, thank you. Thank you a million times over for serving Jesus and using your spiritual gift. My, I'm going to give you a word of warning. If you're using your spiritual gift, don't be resentful of those who are not using their spiritual gift. Work with us as a staff, and let's create a culture of service in this church where more and more people are drawn like a magnet into actual service to Jesus using their spiritual gifts. Look, there, there are a lot of ways you can serve. You can serve inside the church. You can be a part of preschool ministry. I'm telling you, we need preschool workers every single Sunday. You can serve in preschool. You can serve in the special needs ministry. You can serve in the worship ministry. You can serve in the first impressions ministry. You can serve in our prayer ministry, 24 Pray. In fact, we've started that, and we've got a bunch of openings, 30-minute segments, 24 hours a day, Tuesday 7 a.m. to Wednesday 7 a.m. and break, broken down into 30-minute segments, and we have a ton of open slots. Listen, you may not be able to get out and drive like you did before. Maybe you're a senior adult, and, and you just don't have the energy, but you can sign up for a 30-minute slot and pray, pray. Anybody in this room can sign up and be a part of that. In fact, I want to encourage you to sign up for 24 Pray, one of those 30-minute slots. And then you can be a part of the men's ministry and the women's ministry. Now, that's not all of the ways you can minister within the church. But you could also minister outside the church. You can be a part of life choices and be a part of the pro-life answer to the dilemma that's facing our nation today. You can serve at, at, at Life Choices. You can serve on mission trips. You can serve with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You can serve at the Sin Relief Center and with Compassion Ministry. Now, look, let me, let me say this to you. If you're looking for a place to serve, go to our website. On the front page of the website, you go down a little bit, there are three buttons. Three buttons. The first one is connect. Connect with a small group. Be a part of a small group ministry in this church on Sunday morning. Meet Sunday morning, 9.15. Every member ought to be a part of a small group Bible study. The second button says equip. And when you hit equip, it'll show you all of the Wednesday night activities that we have and, and, and during the week activities we have to help you be equipped to serve. And then that third button is serve. And you hit that button, and it'll list all of the opportunities that you have to serve Jesus and serve people in and through this church's ministry. I want to encourage you. Do not be a spectator anymore. Listen, Jesus is coming. That's what Peter said. This whole text is framed around the idea of the soon coming of Christ. He's coming. It's time to serve. It's time to take that spiritual gift 
that the Lord has given you, polish it up and begin to use it for the advancement of his kingdom locally, nationally, and globally. I encourage you to do it. I'm going to ask our worship team to come, our staff to come. And we're going to give you an opportunity today to act upon what you've heard. Listen, it's not enough to hear the Word of God. We have to act upon the Word of God. We have to take action. And maybe today you're looking for a church home. You and your family have moved to this area. You're looking for a church home. And come to one of our staff members and just tell them that you want to be a part of this church. And we'll help you with that. Or maybe today you want to be saved. You realize that you're not saved. And the gospel is for you. Listen, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. The only way to go to heaven is through Jesus. And I want to invite you to believe in Jesus today. Come to one of our staff members and we'll help you with that decision. And then maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor... It's time for me to get active in ministry. And I, I just want you to do this. I, I just want you to come to the altar and bow your knee before King Jesus and just tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. But Lord, beginning today, I'm going to actively, aggressively seek to be an active participant in the ministry of this church. I encourage you to do that. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, I want to invite people to come and, and just pray. pray. Pray for the Spirit of God to move in people's hearts. I'd love to see a ton of people praying for the Spirit of God to move in incredible power in this room. And then you come as God leads you to make those decisions you need to make. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you've gifted us spiritually. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that the Spirit of God would move in our hearts and move people off the inactive role to the active role when it comes to ministry. Move people from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive in Christ. Oh God, have your way in our hearts today in Jesus' name. 